One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This podcast is about sex. If you're faint hearted or easily offended, you might not want to listen. But you should. Join me, Tracy Cox, and Kelsey Chittick as we share honest and real sex advice on this award-winning podcast. Tracy is an international sex educator and author of lots of books about sex and relationships. Kelsey is a podcaster, comedian, and author who is getting out of her comfort zone both in the bedroom and in these conversations. Each week, we answer three anonymous sex and relationship questions sent in by you, our listeners. And nothing is off limits. Here's Sex Talk. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Sex Talk with Tracy Cox. We are here ready to give you guys some amazing information around your sex life. And I'm going to start with what has been kind of fascinating to me is that uh, a couple episodes ago when we did the part on pegging, it turns out that in my suburban neighborhood, in my suburban town, where everyone seems to be quite pulled together, a little bit shy around sex conversations. I've gotten like 10 DMs regarding the pegging experience that we spoke about. (laughs) And I am telling you, it is from people that I would have never imagined. Hilarious. All right. Let's just reiterate what pegging is for a start. Pegging is when you... Do we have to? We have to. It's when you anally penetrate your when a straight well, usually it's when a straight woman anally penetrates her her male partner using a dildo. So that's what pegging is, in case anybody wanted to know. But I find this hilarious because Kelsey honestly got the whole time you'd be like, ew, that's disgusting. Ew, I don't want to do that. Oh my God, why is that such a bestseller? There you go, see. It's so true. I mean, it's it's people that I would never have expected, literally never. Like almost the really uptight people and people that don't talk about sex at all. And it was, they all just had questions. They all wanted to know what I thought about it. I tried to keep my opinions to myself because at this (laughs) point, it seems like not my choice, but it is really a thing. And if I ever get to that point, I'll let you guys know. I mean, I literally will. I'll be like, okay, guys, this is what happened. I'm not there yet. No. Well, when you get when you get there, I will send you my best-selling toy, which is the pegging kit. Well, my most lucrative toy, actually. It's not the best-selling one. It's the most lucrative. It's amazing to me. I know. It is funny. It is is pretty. I mean, who knew that was going to take off like that? I do think, too, when you get outside of your box, no pun intended, (laughs) but when you you go like, I'm just going to, I've kind of been thinking about this in life. Maybe we just try to think, this isn't that big of a deal. Like, mm. what if I, in dating and life and when things come up or when in the bedroom, can you just not hold it so seriously and just be like, mm-hmm. let's just have fun. So maybe I'll be pegging by the end of the week. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's get started with our questions from our listeners. First one, I'm 40 and out here dating men again after an amicable divorce. I've been using dating apps and hooked up with two guys since using them. I ended up having sex with both men, even though I didn't really want to. I'm not quite sure how the dating apps work. Are you obliged to have sex if you meet with someone through them? Should I tell the guy beforehand that I might not be up for sex and just want to hang out? In both cases, it felt like sex was what we were both meeting up for. And I went through with it because I didn't want to look stupid. Like I didn't know the score. It felt kind of rude not to. 
I didn't feel awkward. I didn't feel great afterwards, and I don't want to repeat, but I do know I probably need to use the apps to meet someone. Help. What are the rules? Now, I'm going to turn this over to you after I have my little say because you're the one that's on the dating apps, not me. But it's just just so funny because I... I call this polite sex, women who have sex because they think it would be rude not to. And I used to do a lot of polite sex in my youth. I did. And and it was so funny because I grew up in the 80s when it was all about, you know, women can do what man can. And it was all, it was all, also a little bit of like, oh, and men can screw around, so I'm going to do the same. And all of our friends were like, yeah, I slept with this guy last night and I didn't even know who he was. And it was almost a boastful thing. Terrible. It was terrible. But there was that sort of politeness where if you put yourself into a situation where sex was expected, you went through with it. That's just what you did. And I've always thought, God, thank Christ this generation aren't like that. Thank God they're really woke. Then I spoke to my stepdaughter, Sophia, at 22, said, hold on a minute. All, you know, her generation are still having polite sex. So I did a big piece on it. And I got people to tell me the stories of the, you know, their polite sex stories. And, and honest to God, there were things like this woman who broken up with her partner. She went on a, a holiday to Greece to get over it, to, you know, to really heal, met up with this couple who were really nice to her. They ended up, she ended up having a threesome with them just because they were nice to her. And she felt like it was rude to say no. And, you know, the reasons were things like, you know, oh, it's my fault. I should have known sex was on the agenda. It seemed too late to say no. I led them on. I didn't want to disappoint them. I mean, women are so bloody nice, Kelsey. It's annoying. Why are we like this? I mean, the one reason I do understand is fear. Like, you know, the guy's pretty big. How did I know how he was going to react if I said no? But Mm. in all other cases, why are we still doing this? Why are we still having polite sex? You know, like this poor woman, you know, just broken up, amicable divorce, but two men she didn't even want to sleep with but felt like she should simply because she used an app. I mean, please. Yeah, I mean, I'm probably the opposite of her. So I I will give the other side of it. I mean, I first of all, I want I want to understand what at what point do you I guess I always wonder at what point in the experience do you feel like you can't back out I mean are is there a certain point where women are enjoying it when you're making out then you end up going somewhere then you get naked like is there is there ever a point where you go like I think we're good like I'm going to just take a break and I also think men really like when you say no if it's something that you believe you're not ready to do yet there's a respect thing when you go hey you know what I'm not saying we'll never do it but just not tonight there is a respect thing yeah but I mean well, you know, like the correct answer to that is there should always, you should be able to stop at any point, of course. Right. Because, but then, but then, I mean, one of my friends stopped, she went out with another friend of mine, which is why I know this. They'd been, they'd gone out a little while and then they ended up having sex. And she literally said they were about three minutes into intercourse. And then she thought, this is just wrong. And she just oh. went, no, sorry, stop, got up, left. He was horrified. But so she stopped it at that point and good for her. You know, if you're not yeah. feeling it, but if there is that because men are more powerful than us and can overpower us, I, I don't know. It's a physical risk, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe that's what people are saying, that they're nervous, uh, like a safety thing or that they think mm. it would be rude. And women have of- often not wanted to be rude. 
I, I would say my experience is, is very different. I mean, I, for some reason, and maybe this is just my upbringing, my brother is the actual opposite of me. He'll sleep with anybody at any point. So I know it's not some like life lesson that we learned in our family because that Let's guy- hope his new girlfriend isn't listening. <laughs> and if she is, I want to prepare you for who he is and he would be fine with it. Right. So I don't think it's anything that I grew up with. It wasn't some type of mentality in our home. It wasn't a religious thing. Sex is just a really big deal to me. And I'm working on it with my- therapist, Tracy Cox, to hold it a little bit lighter. But I think, first oh, of all- I think it is still a big deal. But you use these apps. So when you hook up with somebody from the app, do you say, look, just to be clear, sex isn't on the, you know, all I want to do is go out for dinner or all I want is a movie. Do you make it clear? Because I, I think I would. The one I guy I that I had sex with on the that I met on an app was, you know, early on after I lost Nate. And he was a, he ended up being someone I had known in the past. So I felt really safe and I really wanted to have sex. I needed that physical connection. And he ended up being a really big part of my life. And yes, so I had sex with him, I think the first night, which was really wild and crazy of me. And I'm proud of mm. myself for that. Mm. And he turned out to be a great person. Other than that, I don't think I've had sex with anybody I met on a dating app. I find dating apps to be very, very painful. Mm. I continue to come on and off of them, depending on how I feel. I have spent a lot of time off of them, but I will say I've met quite a number of great friends from it. And just, I would love, to, I like to just have somebody to go out with and meet up. And if you like them, it's even better. But I just think that, I, I think Tinder has more of an idea that you're going for sex. So if you're on yes. Tinder, I think you've kind of made a decision that sex is one of the lead reasons you're on it. I don't feel that way about Hinge or Bumble. Mm, especially I, Bumble, because Bumble is yeah. definitely a relationship app, isn't it? Yeah, and you could be like, you can choose like best friend or something like looking for a mm. friend. So I think if you're on Tinder, you might want to prepare yourself that this is the exchange that is expected. Of course, you always have choice. But in on the other ones, I don't think so. And mm. this poor woman sounds like she doesn't want to do it. So And you keep doing it. So you might want to take a breather and just think about what is it about you that keeps selling yourself short a bit. Mm, people and, and, pleasing. Yeah. And why don't you role play a different type of thing with your friends and see what it would be like if you start making out or you get to that point where you all of a sudden you want to say no and practice saying like, hey, you know what? I really like you, but I'm not getting butt naked with you right now or whatever it is. Mm. Make it funny. Mm. But maybe you just need some words that you can practice beforehand so that you're not stuck in the moment. Yeah. So, so it's not a, I agree with you because I was going to say what, which app is she using? And if it's Tinder, there is that little bit of that it more so than with the other ones, but I don't think with the other ones there is, but I would certainly make it clear by the way, you know, we're meeting up for coffee. That's, that could be all it is, or I'm only interested in friendship until I get to know you or something like that, just to cover herself. Yeah. And if you get to a point where you have this feeling that they're going to want to have sex before you start that whole physical side of it, just say it. Hey, you know what? I'm somebody who doesn't have sex for a while. If you're okay with that, that's great. I'd love to keep getting to know you, but I'm not having sex with you tonight. End of the story. And do all that before you get hammered, you know? Yeah. Don't get hammered. No. I mean, do get hammered, but yeah. Do get hammered, but have that conversation beforehand. <laughs> yeah. Dating apps, I know they are, they are one of the trickiest things that has been invented in this century. I, I do actually miss. Oh, there's so much to say about yeah, them. I do miss being able to just walk in and meet people. I do think that it's the way of the world now because it's how everyone's on their phones, but it is one of the most painful things. But I, I kind of do it for research just as a human being because it is something mm -hmm. to experience, just humans and how we interact and how we meet people now. It's it's crazy, but don't get it naked crazy. if you want to. No, absolutely not. Okay, next question. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I have a weird, disturbing sexual fantasy that I play in my head to make me orgasm when I masturbate. It never fails to get me going, but I hate that it does. Is it possible to reset your sexual fantasies? I don't understand why something that repulses me when I'm not turned on arouses me sexually. This is all Tracy. (laughs) That's fine. Do you know, I have a sexual fantasy, which I'm never, ever going to confess to anyone in my life, ever, even on my deathbed. That arouses me. And every single day, and even with all my knowledge and what I'm about to say, it's still at the end of it. I always think, hmm, where's the weird trace? But everybody has one, I think. Everybody has one. And no, and basically, disturbing fantasies doesn't mean you're mentally disturbed. Humans are always attracted to that dark side of themselves. And it's the reason why we like horror and murder mysteries and all those weird things that we watch. But I mean, I remember being, did you ever watch Dexter? No, you wouldn't have. The thing about the serial killer guy. Well, he he used to, I mean, it was such a great show, really popular. But I mean, basically, it was about a serial killer who used to put plastic all around his bedroom or wherever he was, hack people to death as revenge killing, cut them all off, you know, and then get rid of them. But just because I liked watching Dexter didn't mean that I was going to do that and put plastic around my bedroom. And, you know, so you've just got to be able to be a bit adult about it. And our our fantasies often put us in scenarios which are completely contrary to our core personality because that is kind of the turn on. The turn on is for a fantasy to let sort of that grubby, dirty, dirty, murky, awful side of ourselves that we don't show to anyone, the chance to come out and play without being judged. That's why sexual fantasies turn us on. And always remember, fantasies are not a secret wish to act them out. And any men listening, just keep this in mind that if she's looking at lesbian porn, which most women do, if they're going to look at porn, doesn't mean she wants to have a threesome. It just means that that's what she likes looking at, fantasy world. Now, the, the I, one of the experts I always go to on this is Justin Lee Miller, and he's written a book called Tell Me What You Want. And his attitude on this is that any attempt to sort of eradicate or suppress your fantasies generally doesn't turn out well. It doesn't turn out well for, for a very obvious reason that trying not to think about something means you just think about it more often. And no one really knows. We don't really have any control over what we fantasize about or what we dream. It's the same sort of thing. So trying to get control of it is sort of a counterproductive thing. It just makes you obsess about it more. So his attitude or his sort of advice was 
learn to accept it and just recognize that it's out of your control. And also another very good suggestion, which he had was rather than try and control that fantasy, add new fantasies, Hmm. like read erotic books, like look at some erotica if you want to come up with some new things that turn them, turn you on. So you've got more than one fantasy to go to. And that will sort of make it less likely for you to be relying on that fantasy and less likely for you to be worried about it. But trying to stop it is pretty much impossible. Now, having said everything's fine, deviant fantasies can be an indicator of true deviancy if you're like having sadistic fantasies. But only, and it's only, big sort of only here, only when it's coupled with real life fantasy. So not when you're aroused, just in everyday life, you're walking to the kitchen and thinking, hmm, really fancy cutting that person's leg off. That's when you've got a problem. But if you only want to cut someone's leg off when you're aroused then it really isn't a problem. Probably a bit of an extreme example there. The only other thing I want to say on this is that it's always a good idea if you have one particular fantasy to try and have a few different fantasies because otherwise you're almost doing the same as a as a fetish with having to have an, an object there that you need to get aroused. If you can only ever get aroused with one particular um, type of sexual fantasy, it's just not very healthy for you. You're much better off having an array of them. So don't worry too much about it, but just add others onto your list of sexual fantasies. Yeah. Have you never had a bad one or a weird one? No, you know what I, th- I was thinking about? I, I think there's, I think sometimes fantasies or thought processes that either happen during sex or whatever, I think we're trying them on. I think our brain sometimes likes to just try something on in a safe spot where you know you're not going to do anything, but you're able to watch it and kind of see where you stand in it. And it's, it's different. It's interesting. It's something that you would never think of. So I think a lot of times you just, I don't know, I, this is when you have kids, or at least when I did, you have these, like when you first have babies and you become a mother, you have these like weird thoughts and you think like, am I a weirdo? Like you're worried about things. You're, you think like, oh, you, you think weird things and you don't want to tell anybody because they're not great thoughts. And they're mm. not great things about the baby. And they're things that like yeah. don't match yeah. what you're supposed to be feeling and doing and wanting. And I think it's really important to know that your body's just trying that on. Mostly as long mm. as you realize, hey, that's a weird thought. That's not exactly mm. what I want. You can have it. It's the idea that you un- you have a relationship with it, that this is just a thought process that is giving me some type of information that I need. Mm. And maybe it gets you aroused. Maybe it makes you... Whatever it is, our brains mm. sometimes like to try things out without any consequence, and that's what that does. And I do, I do things like if I'm on top of a cliff, I always think I could just jump off now, mm-hmm. or I could push that person. Oh, off, I always want to push, push that person in front, of, in front of a train. I will never yeah, go to I Grand think Canyon like that. Yeah, Grand Canyon. I'm like no, because I just be like boop boop boop, push everybody right over. <laughs> Not because I want to, because it just would happen, and I would feel so bad. You know, I think. Um, <laughs> I used to worry about when my kid was little, when I was strolling him, that I would drop the stroller sideways and then he would fall down the the drain, but then I wouldn't be brave enough to get into the drain. And that thing went on forever. And I was like, what type of woman won't go after? And I was like... I got to be strong enough to go in the drain, you know, and I like beat myself What sort of drains do you have over there is more interesting. What, well, you have a big drain? Oh, you mean like a... Gutters, gutters. Yeah, the gutters. But how bad are the gutters? They're not bad, but there's like mice and animals and it's like a long way down. Oh, you mean like down? Down under the road. A pothole. I always thought you yes. meant just the bit where water goes down. I was like, wow, she really is a bad mother. <laughs> no, I really am a bad mother. But yeah, and I think some of the things I think about when I'm having sex, it's... It's it's a vacation from your normal life. 
So yes, you can become exactly what it is. You can become somebody else. You can think of something else. You can go in a different place and nobody gets hurt. So I would not worry about it at all. And I think the fact that she wrote in and she's aware of it or him, sorry, mm. whoever it is, mm. you're, you're good. You're good. Yeah, I think so too. I okay. think so too. Absolutely. Last question. For the last few weeks, I've been having dreams about my husband being unfaithful. They're so powerful and real. I wake up feeling hurt and furious with him. Even when I realize it's just a dream, the anger and resentment stays. It hovers for days at a time. He's never been unfaithful in real life, but these dreams persist. I wonder if my subconscious is telling me something. Should I be worried he really is about to cheat? I haven't mentioned anything to him yet because it seems silly, but he noticed that I'm a bit off with him. Mm. I had this exact thing. Yeah, I mean, I I have it before too. I remember waking up with Nate and being enraged. Just, I hated him. And I was like, you did this. And he was like, whoa, girl. But it (laughs) felt everywhere in my body. And I'm a big believer that we have signs and that what we, you know, things come to us that we know about. But this was different. It was a visceral feeling of rage. Like, and then over the day, it would go away. Mm. I don't even know how many times it happened, but I know exactly what she's talking about. I don't think it means he's unfaithful. I don't think you get that in the dream. You get that in the daytime. Yeah, that's what I think. And I also think, see, my my alarm bell, because I I have I had a dream last night, actually, about Miles, Miles. kissing some woman. Really? And then he really? was in this group and he was lying on the bed with someone. I got this wooden spoon and I was poking him saying, you need to get out of here and you've got to get out of here. And it was just hilarious. But the first thing that I do, this is my alarm bell with this woman, is not about the fear that he's going to be unfaithful. It is why didn't she tell him? Why yeah. didn't she wake up and do what everybody else does and goes, oh, my God, you were such a bastard last night. You just cheated on me. How yeah. dare you? Exactly. And then you laugh and then you get reassurance and then the dream dissipates and you're back to normal. This is the alarm bell for me. It's not that she think he, that he's going to be unfaithful. It's why didn't she tell him? Mm. And so... I mean, I think that means, I do think that that means a lack of, It's she's not happy being vulnerable about him, around him perhaps. I think it means that communication and closeness are missing. So they're the things I'd be looking at. On the positive side, I thought it was quite good that he's noticed that you're off with him and actually asked you. So at least his radar's good and he cares. So, you know, I thought they were both interesting things. But there is no evidence that dreams predict future events. Absolutely nothing at all. But the fact that she's dwelling on it is interesting. It's sort of like, are you trying to sabotage is another thing, maybe. I mean, why are you worried that he might be unfaithful? Why didn't you tell him? Are you cheating by chance or whatever? Who knows? Like, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, but I think they need to have a really honest chat. And I think she needs to sit down and say, I've been having these dreams. They're really worrying me. Also, what's worrying me is why didn't I tell you? Why didn't I just wake up and have a laugh about it? You know, what do you think this says about us? Think about whether the relationship has, you know, deteriorated in some ways, you know, or is she, I mean, some people, I used to be a highly jealous person. I probably still am. I'm just with somebody who doesn't make me jealous. But I remember with things like this, I would never let on that I thought they might be unfaithful because it would give them power. It was all about this power thing. So think about why you haven't mentioned it, because I think that's the real issue here. And you need to clear the air because dreams can really muck up your head, can't they? They can really get in there. And then you get all confused with, did he do really do that? Was he really awful? And it just, you know, you need to be able to just get up, say what's happened, laugh about it, move on. 
Yeah. So yeah, a big honest chat is in in order here. Yeah, I think I think dreams are really they're just connection points. I don't find them to be I I find that insights, spiritual insights at least, are are signs come when you are fully awake most of the time. There's a feeling in your body, there's a feeling, but this is when you're lucid and you are in this realm. When you're sleeping, your brain is doing all sorts of work, cleaning up different areas of your brain. Yeah, that's right. Trying to process yeah. through whatever happened the days and weeks before. I, and I think you're right, Tracy, though. If she continues, I mean, I've had those a few times, but it sounds like she's having them repetitively. So I would assume that what your dream is saying is pay attention. Mm, pay attention absolutely. to your husband, pay attention to your relationship, pay attention to who you are in that relationship, what you want, because something is something is cueing you to stop and pay attention. I don't mm. think it's that he's cheating. I think that it, the relationship, like you said, it just needs attention. Mm. Yeah. And the, the reason, and like exactly what you said, Tracy, the reason it's weird is that you're not telling him because most of us wake up and we go, you bastard. Yeah, and they're like, what? Right. And we're like, oh, you slept with someone last it. night, admit to it. And they're like, I've been right next to you. You're like, I don't believe it. And then you just die of laughter, you know? Yeah, so that's right. It it's is not right. that heavy. when Because over time too, as the morning goes on, you, it fades. Mm. And you're like, yeah, you can't even remember it. Can't remember. Sometimes you can. Depends. Depends on how good the dream or how bad the dream was. Sometimes they hang around and hang around. I always try to remember because whenever Nate comes in my dreams, I like try to hang on to him. But per usual, he's like, I'm going, and I'm like, hey, wait. (laughs) He's like, I'm like, wait, I have one more quick question. Oh, do you still dream of him all the time? Not all the time, but a good enough amount where I feel I I can sometimes honestly I can say at night, hey, Nate, I'd love for you to come visit me. And I'd say mm. probably one out of four times, I wake up the next morning. And I'm like, hot damn. Thank you so much. Oh. And he's always just giving me thumbs up. Like, I'm good. And I'm like, I know you're good, buddy. Don't worry. Leave me here to handle it all. Oh. You just fly oh, around with the angels. <laughs> just so lovely. Yeah. No, so it's good. Well, it's so good to talk to you. You too. Uh, that was a nice little note to end on, actually. Yeah. Isn't it? Yes. We look forward to talking to you guys next week. Keep sending in your questions and um, peg away. (laughs) I'm going to get that tattooed on my forehead. Peg away. Peg away. That's a great mantra. Tracy's thing, her toy, whatever it's called, and let us know how it goes. Good. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Sex Talk. If you'd like your question answered on the show, send it to us at sextoppod.com. So that's S-E-X-T-O-K-P-O-D.com. You'll find info about my books, sex products, and more sex advice at tracycox.com. And that's Tracy with an E. If you like this podcast, please send it to your friends and rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.